ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. Love it. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Two easy ways to do so. First, you could email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us using the... Twitter handle at SF Diocese and the hashtag Ignition. Um, who are you, Father? I'm Father Andrew Dickinson, the pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White, South Dakota, and the director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center, breaking the mold and serving Catholics at SDSU. Not in San Diego. Not in San Diego. Yes. I wouldn't want to be in San Diego. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Why? Yeah, South Dakota, my Dakota, listen to her song. Friendly faces, open places, this is where I belong. <laughs> I think that's a South Dakota State song. That's, that, that sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I am Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, Jermaine's husband for 17 years, and we have five kids together. So, awesome. Awesome. Uh, so you... We mentioned earlier that we love listener feedback, which love is it. true. Uh, again, if you have questions about anything that we're discussing or anything else, sometimes we... It's been a while since we've done a Q&A episode. It is. Uh, where we just go through a bunch of things. So maybe... Or a pop culture episode. Or a pop culture. We haven't done a movie. Um, In quite, come on, Hollywood. Get with it. Yeah. yeah there's nothing worth it. <laughs> vanity seen, of vanities. Always vanity, I've says Koheleth. Um, who's Koheleth? The author of Ecclesiastes. What is that? A book in the Bible. Oh, the Bible. Yeah, see, you don't know these things. <laughs> um, so if you've got questions, just throw them our way. Uh, but we do sometimes every now and then. If you have questions, we make up answers. That's We, we try our best. Um, today's topic actually is the result of, of a question that one of our listeners sent in. Oh. By the way, I never, we never were able to send out um, an engraved uh Hershey's Kiss or Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah. yeah, we we didn't get any any seminarians from the Diocese of Sioux Falls taking us taking us up on that challenge. That's if, long gone. Any what I know. Yeah, you snooze, you lose. So, uh, what are you seminarians? You lose. You, what, what the heck are they talking about again? Um, Actually, I don't even fully remember what we're talking yeah. about. But. So, Mike Kapperman is a seminarian for the Diocese of Sioux Falls who, uh, a few months back, sent us a few questions that he wondered if we might spend some time with. Um, and so, Do your own research, Mike. <laughs> you're, you're in seminary for a reason. <laughs> Better library than mine, even. No doubt. Sheesh. Um, I, we challenged other Sioux Falls seminarians to uh, reach out to us. If there should be any that listen. Uh, well, if they listened, they didn't reach out. <laughs> Mike, that's this is this is Mike's challenge as uh, to make disciples, ignition disciples of all seminarians. Question: Are yes. you are you going to like email this episode to him and say, "Hey, heads up, by the way, no, we're okay, we're just going to see no. if he listens." To- we're just going to see okay. if he listens. Now, to uh, other listeners that aren't seminarians, do you like tell them, "Hey, we answered your question in episode number, you know." 322. Actually, I do. Okay. I do. I do. So listeners, we if we answer your question in an on-air uh, episode of Ignition, we will let you know. We, we will. What perks? We will. We will. 
<laughs> so today we're going to be answering another one of Mike's question. Uh, and this is the question that he, he had emailed us among others. How does the Bishop of the diocese, how, how is the Bishop of the diocese, the head of the local church and how can we stay connected to that? So, so what does it mean for the Bishop to be the, the diocesan Bishop to be the head of the local church and how can we just as Catholics stay connected to that truth? And I think that's a great question, father, because, um, I think probably for most Catholics, they're, when they think of, if you said, you think of your church, they're probably going to think of their local parish. Right. And if you think of your priest, they're probably going to think of their pastor or their associate pastor or parochial, parochial vicar, to use the, the formal term. So the priests at their parish. Uh, but but Mike's question here gets at uh, a greater truth, um, if you will. That's certainly true that, that that my parish is a Catholic church and that my priest is a priest. Absolutely. Uh, but 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 there's a, a higher, deeper, fuller answer to the question. Yeah, even just the way you said my parish is a Catholic church. Right. Is it? Or is it a member of right. the Catholic yeah, exactly, church? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because there's one. How many churches? One, one church, one. <laughs> right? As St. Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, as our creed says, right, there is one church. And so then our, we might have a church building, but our parish, our local community is a member of the localized church, which we'll talk about today, which is a member of the universal church. Right, right, right. So to be attentive to that, and and with all things, and we didn't really get into a lot of this with the prep, so uh, if we're able to get there, it'd be great. This matters, right? In, in our lives, like every truth, every truth. Period. But every truth of our faith matters in our lives somehow. And even the mo- like, so in this case, like, what is what is the fact that um, the church is the diocesan church and not my local parish church, or there's one church? What does that matter in my life? It matters somehow. Uh, Sometimes it's it's a very personal way that it matters. Sometimes it's a way that we, Father and I, would be able to speak to. But, the, but all of the truths of, the, of our faith matter somehow, and they're not just, I don't know, uh, theological trivia that Father and I can banter about in ignition. Not, not just an excuse <clears throat> to fill up a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe just as a way to get in a little bit to this 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 question that Mike posed about the, the role of the bishop and the diocesan church and so on is just to begin with something that we say about the church. We say it's, as you said, it's one. Um, we say that about the church at, at Sunday mass every single week. Um, in the Nicene Creed, we say the church is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Um, and it's that last mark of the church, the last characteristic of the church that, that I think would be a good way to start with. The church is apostolic. What does that mean? Well, it means, first of all, the church is founded on the apostles and the mission which Jesus Christ gave to them in a number of passages in Scripture. Right. So this is his command to them, going back to his call to them to, you know, the harvest is abundant, but the labors are few. Um and him commissioned to go out to preach and evangelize and heal in his name, and then culminating in the after-resurrection commissioning of him in the various gospel passages. And so we read throughout the rest of the New Testament, Paul's letters, the final book of, of, of Scripture, um, Revelation. Revelation. Uh, we read how the church is built on the foundation, ultimately, of Jesus Christ himself, but... but, but uh, not beyond that. Within that, we read in Scripture uh, explicitly that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles. These 
11 men, not counting Jews, but these men who Jesus chose during his public mission remain for all time and for all of eternity, therefore, uh, the foundation of the church. I'm, I'm looking inquisitive because I'm just like, well, I mean, Judas was chosen. Yeah. But he failed in his mission, so he's a failed apostle in that sense. I, I don't know that we would say that he's a found, that he, the church is built on the foundation of, well, maybe, maybe I don't know. It's a good thing to think about. It is. So, well, well not right now. Though. We'll think about it, but not on air, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> we don't want to say. Let's, let's ponder that for a few moments, Father. Hmm. No, okay. Done. <laughs> uh, so so the, the for, for the church to be apostolic, the first thing that means is that it's founded on the apostles and the mission that Jesus gave them. Secondly, though, it means that the church continues to exist through the local bishop and the office that he holds. The bishops are successors of the apostles. And Father, for me, this is, this is sort of one of those things where you, with some of the truths of our faith, we have aha moments. Not all of them, but some of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, kind of like that. Oh, for me, uh, I realized once that I um, and for it was it was when I was studying about the church and the pope and the relationship between the pope and the bishops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized that I was treating a diocesan bishop as sort of like middle management, yeah. like the branch manager, where you have the CEO is like the Pope and he's in Rome. And then you've got the parish and the parish priest with pastor and so on. And then you've got middle management, which is like the Bishop. And I realized that I was, uh, underestimating the value, the role, the place of the Bishop as a successor of the, the bishops as the successor of the apostles in the church. So right now, as we're recording this, Bishop Paul Sw- Paul Swain is the bishop for the diocese of Sioux Falls. Paul Swain is not just middle management. Right. The successor of this, the the bishops as successors of the apostles have a crucial role to play in the mission of in what the church is and in her mission. Uh, and and I realized that for me, I was I, I I didn't realize the significance of the role of the bishop and the office that it, and what it means in the church. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, they are successors of the apostles. They, as a body, continue the work of the apostles. So when, when I, and, and this is, um, I'm going to say up front and be clear, this, this analogy breaks down a little bit. It's not quite precise enough, but it was helpful for I mean, me. the analogy fails at some point? It does. Can you believe it? All analogies fail. Uh, they do. Um, I should, when I look at my diocesan bishop, it's akin to looking at the 12 apostles. Yeah. Uh, it does break down a little bit because it's not one to one, but the the diocesan bishops of the world, when I look at them, it's like looking at the college of the apostles, the the body of the apostles. It's good to clarify what in particular are you looking at. Ooh, what do you mean by that? Oh yeah, it's like so. What is it? So is it like? Is there an, a successor to the apostle Paul? Is there a successor to the apostle Andrew? Right. Is there a successor to the apostle James? Right. Thaddeus. Um, no, and that's no. not what we're talking about. Yeah. Although we do talk about the successor of Peter. That's the, but that's the, the only instance. Right. Um, but what we are talking about is the realities of the office and the order of the fullness of the priesthood right. of Jesus Christ. Right. And so we see, when we look at them, we see the apostles. What we see, again, it's not a physical likeness or appearance or an 
awe or overwhelmingness, what we see is that they have the fullness of the priesthood, right? And that they have uh, the ability to govern and legislate the church. Right. And they teach, teach. the fullness of the faith. Right. <clears throat> so we, we talk about how, uh, looking at, at Scripture, uh, that Jesus fulfilled, and, and you and I have talked about this with regard to the laity, how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament expectation for a priest, a prophet, and a king. So Jesus is the high priest. He is the great teacher of the faith, the prophet. Right. And he is Christ the king. Uh, so, so he's, but every one of the baptized is joined to Jesus as priest, prophet, and king. As we've talked about in a series of ignition from uh, this past fall. Exactly. Uh, but the the ordained participate in that in a unique way, and the bishops uh, experience that unique form of participation in a full way. Right. And so priests and deacons experience a share and receive from the bishops a share of the ministry that they've been given. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so when we look at the bishop, we are seeing in his diocese, he is the high priest. He is the one who, apart from the Pope, the only one who has the ability to make decisions governing the church in his in diocese. diocese. And he is the teacher, the catechist, if you will. He, the church documents refer to the bishop, diocesan bishop, as the first catechist of the diocese uh, that he presides over. Uh, I don't think that's how most people see their bishop. Father. No, no. So I think about, um, in this way, the Archbishop of Denver, when I was in seminary there, Archbishop Chaput, he would always preach from the cathedra. Right. He'd actually sit down and preach from the cathedra. So what is, what's the cathedra? The cathedra is the bishop's own chair. Right. Right. That's actually where the word cathedral comes from, is that it's the building of the chair. So was that um, Archbishop Chaput when you were there? Yep. And I know that when uh, he's now the Archbishop of Philadelphia, he can, he's continued to do the, the same, same practice, thing. Yeah. Right, right. And so that's just not because he's tired. Or right. It's a stylistic, it's a ministerial theological point. Right, yeah. right, right. So the local bishop then is, the local bishops are the successors of the apostles. So when we say the church is apostolic, we're saying something not just about its founding, but also about its continuation today. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is, as we're preparing this, I thought of the way that, that some uh, Christian traditions do what they refer to mm -hmm. as church planting. Right, right. So you have... Uh, Christians, uh, many, many oftentimes laity, not ordained ministers of any tradition, who will go uh, travel to a place and they'll they'll start a church or they'll seek to start a church. And oftentimes they might they might be clergy, but again, not necessarily. Uh, so they're planting a church. Um, now it's certainly true in the Catholic context that you can have lay uh, missionaries and you can have priestly missionaries right. and religious missionaries, but the the local church is not established until there is a bishop who presides over a diocese. Until the pope erects a diocese. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So in our case, we we're you and I uh, belong, live in, and serve the bishop of the diocese of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. The Diocese of Sioux Falls was erected in 1889 with the Benedictine monk, Bishop Martin Marty, as its first bishop. What, what Was there churchly activity going on in eastern South Dakota before 1889? Yes. Absolutely. The gospel was being proclaimed. The sacraments were being administered. It's interesting. And we would have been a part of a different diocese at that time. Maybe St. Louis. Right. Even. <clears throat> 
that uh, there's no space on this earth that's not a part of a diocese. It's a great point. Right, right. And so, in fact, I believe, is it like Orlando, like technically the Diocese of the Moon? What? Yeah, I think Orlando is the Diocese of the Moon. Seriously? I've never heard that. No, not Orlando. Where, where's, where's, where's like, uh, it's not Orlando. Where's uh, Kennedy Space Station? Is that Miami? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, uh, so whatever diocese is Kennedy Space Station, where the, like, the, the Saturn V rocket was launched to go to the moon, like, that's the Diocese of the Moon. So at this point, if if there were to be a colony on the moon... And you were just to be offering mass, you, I'd be chaplain. You <laughs> you pray for your local bishop, the, the bishop of, of whatever... Whatever diocese that, that is, is in Florida. In. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I didn't see. So everywhere where humanity goes, um, there is a diocese that it's part of. Yeah. Okay. I'm Googling this you're right d- now, to just verify. to make sure. Like, <laughs> while, you're, while you're Googling, Father, I'm going to remind you, if you've stumbled across the radio dial and I'm pretty sure it's Orlando. who the heck these guys are and what they're talking about, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. Uh, across the desk from me or the table from me is Father Andrew Dickinson, who is the priest chaplain at uh, South Dakota State University, the Pius XII Newman Center there. He's also the chaplain of St. Paul's in White, South Dakota. I'm Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, the point of, of Ignition, again, is to help you explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. And we're talking today about um, the local bishop, the diocesan bishop, um, what he is and how we can stay connected to that truth of who and what he is. Yeah, and Orlando is the bishop of the moon. And Orlando is the bishop. Or the, the, the bishop of Orlando is the bishop of the moon. Yeah, yeah uh, supposedly, apparently that's because um, under, under the existing canon law is that uh, the bishop of any expedition that discovers unexplored territory becomes the bishop of that territory, of that newly discovered okay. territory. Yeah. So there's a story goes then that um, the bishop, Bishop Borders, who eventually became the Archbishop of Baltimore, uh, was the bishop of the newly erected Orlando Diocese, including Cape Canaveral. And he met Pope Paul VI. And he said to him, and nonchalantly, uh, you know, Holy Father, I am the bishop of the moon. Apparently the Pope looked at him perplexed like, and, uh, what are you... and what is about his mind. But then he goes on to explain that according to canon law, like we just said. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. That's the re- that's worth the price of admission to this episode by itself. Of something I googled. Well, I know, but I yeah, I learned something today, which rarely happens on ignition. Oh, snap. <laughs> I've just seen how much you're paying attention wow, here. Totally paying attention to that. that. You cut me, man. You cut me deep. So, um, I think another point of clarification, another little, not nearly as interesting of a fun fact, but another fun <laughs> fact. Um, when we hear about the Diocese who Falls, uh, we, we're part of a province, which includes the diocese of the other diocese in South Dakota, Rapid City, but also the two dioceses in North Dakota, Fargo and Bismarck, and the six dioceses that make up the state of Minnesota Duluth, uh, Crookston, St. Cloud, Winona. New Alm, and then the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Right. And so people here, the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Arch. um, With its archbishop. Arch? Is he the boss of the bishop of the Diocese of Sioux Falls? Arch. No, he's not. Arch. (laughs) What? I am Groot. I haven't seen it. Really? No. Oh. Not even the first one? Not even the first one. 
It's on it's on loan from a fellow staffer here, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, that was referenced to the movie Guardians, Guardians of, the of the Galaxy. Yeah, I know who Groot is. That's well, I know that there's a character named Groot. That's all I know. Uh, so, so the Archbishop of Saint Paul, Minneapolis, does not have any authority over the Bishop of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, he has some uh, ceremonial responsibility. There's some canonical things that he does. He, there is some sense in which he leads the province, but when it comes to matters of what happens in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. It's as of the day we're recording this, Paul Swain and Pope Francis. That's it. That's it. It's where it stops. So cardinals, archbishops. Well, so an archbishop is is the bishop of an archdiocese, which usually is either simply a larger diocese or a diocese that has some uh, some important role for some reason. So um, a historic or honorific role. Exactly. Uh, Washington D.C. in a civil sense, because it's the national capital. That diocese is an archdiocese. Doesn't even ha- though it's technically under the ter- or would have been under the territory for the longest time of one of the most historic seas of all the country. Baltimore. Baltimore, right, right. Um, so, so whether because of the size of the diocese in terms of number of Catholics or or the the um, importance of the the diocese for whatever reason, it might be an archdiocese. But again, that doesn't mean that an archbishop has more authority than a bishop. So similar with a cardinal, a cardinal archbishop has no more authority than an archbishop than a bishop. Now, a cardinal does have a universal right to celebrate the sacraments. Oh, really? That I didn't know. Yeah, so like um, they have some some certain rights and privileges that way in canon law, but they can't, still they can't just come into and say, say, "Uh, I'm the cardinal of whatever, and I'm going to boss you around Bishop Holswood. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. So, Father, I think we've got about five minutes to go. Um, I want to make sure that, so I want to jump down a little bit. I want to make sure that we um, address the part of Mike's question about how can we stay connected with this truth oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. about the bishop as as the um, the head of the local church? Well, uh, I think, first of all, just stay connected and cooperate with his works. So uh, this ignition is a made possible by the Catholic Family Sharing Appeal. So most dioceses that you live in, you have a bishop's collection. Right. So do you stay connected to what the bishop is seeking to do in his diocese? Right. Um, do you seek opportunities to connect with him in that way um, by supporting his programs? Okay. So cooperating with him um, in that simple way. Right. Because there's a certain sense and also seek his cooperation with your efforts. So if you're wanting to do something, you know, uh, in your parish or in the, in a larger scope in your diocese, some charitable or prayer effort, um, love of God, love of neighbor, make sure in some ways you're like, and so I was asking the bishop for his prayers too. And that way to uh, uh, one priest friend of mine calls it like spiritual veto power. Okay. Right. That in his parish, like when he knows what's going on, things usually work out better. Right. And it's not that, you know, he's doing anything himself. It's just that graces flow through the authority of the church. Right. So cooperating with the bishop's works right. in, in in whatever way that might be. Right. And also pray for his intentions. Okay. Right. Uh, what does he need? What is going on? And even if there's things you don't know or things you can just, well, it seems like bishop's looking kind of tired right now or whatever it might be. Well, pray for him. Pray in that way. Yep. Yeah, I think, um, well, this goes certainly for, for priests as well. Um, Amen. Priests and bishops uh, bear, I think, heavier burdens than the vast majority of us realize. Um, that's, I mean, <laughs> I bear burdens too, but it's still, I, th- I think that 
uh, and you and I have talked about this before. Day in, we did an episode once a day in the life of a parish priest. Um, I, I think we usually don't realize uh, the 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 burdens that our priests and our bishops carry. So praying for their intentions is helpful. Right. There's often things you're not aware of that are going exactly. on that yep. they can't share with you due to confidentiality, sealed the confessional or things of that sort. And so um, they're carrying it in service for a Lord where you don't know. And so just pray for some of those things. Amen. What else can we do to stay connected with our bishop? Well, uh, then uh, also just you know, ask him what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Bishop, how can I help you? Right. Which might be a question he's totally unprepared to answer. <laughs> I've had a parishioner ask me that too. And I was like, I don't know. You know, well, we just, we'll just let us know if there's anything we can do around the Newman Center. I'm like, okay. Clean up on all three. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm starting to develop some things for this right. really nice young married couple. But yeah. I, because often, I think especially for bishops, even, well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think even more though than than our uh, parish priests, um, the, the contact that, uh, the incoming mail, if you will, oh, for yeah. a bishop tends to be negative. Right, right. <laughs> why, why are you moving our priest? Or, why aren't why, you moving aren't our you priest? Moving <laughs> right, from the or, same parish. Exactly, from the, two letters from the same parish probably. Um, th- those sorts of things. So if you put yourself at the service of your diocesan bishop, I think he'd just appreciate the gesture, even if he has no idea of how to answer the question right. at that moment. Right. Uh, but to make yourself available to him, certainly including to praying for praying for him, as, as Father already mentioned. Right. But maybe there's some other way that you will be able to be of service to him. Now, we don't know him like any sort of slavish obedience. Right. Anyways, he doesn't just like, we have to do everything he says when he says it and the way he says it. Right. Yeah. And I think there, it's... Uh, uh, just just as with a uh, a priest, and even mm-hmm. more so in a sense, our bishop is our spiritual father, spiritual father to the people of of his diocese, and and you you give him the same respect and reverence that is due to him as your spiritual father. But just as with as a, with a father, that doesn't mean that you literally are obliged to do every single thing that he right. The same say. with your parents, exactly. Yep. Before and this actually ties into the fourth commandment to honor them. Yep. What do, you, yeah. what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, this honor due to your bishop, honor due to the pope, honor due right. to your pastor is tied into the fourth commandment in that way. All earthly authority yep. deserves a respect um, and obedience in the in the areas where obedience is owed. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, so just, I, I think, you know, as we're just wrapping up this episode, um, with regard to Mike's question to begin with, uh, how the bishop is the head of the local church, how can we stay connected to that? Um, concretely, what we can do, pray for him, Put yourself at his service. Cooperate with what he's doing, even if he has no idea who you are. Um, do what you can to further the mission of the local church uh, in your diocese. Uh, remember that our priests are extensions of him. Um, they both care, carry burdens that most of us don't realize. So I think praying for them uh, is something that we all should be doing and can do. Father, any, any other thoughts as we wrap? Well, no, just that idea that the graces you receive through your parish in some ways depend upon your bishop as well. And that way, that idea of like the flow of authority in the church. And so that cultivate that gratitude in your heart in that way for your bishop, whether or not you like everything he does, you should at least like the fact that he brings you the sacraments. Amen. And that wrap up, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us or tweet us at us with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.